killer bees. Don't sweat about the murderous J's. We've got Joel, Jeremy, and Joe. That's three J's. Coming to you live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5. It's the Killer Bees and Murderous Jays. Uh, Joe George is in for blank today. Sean Mapes is in for Joe George today. I am Brandon. We'll have the full band tomorrow. Everybody's back tomorrow, right? The full lineup, everybody? Everyone's back tomorrow. Unless someone throws a curveball at me. Which yeah. with this place, you never know. But everyone's back tomorrow. Paul might be sick. Still? Two-day hangover? Nah, he'll, he'll be over. back. He'll he'll get you he's, had done those the, he's done the show way more hangover <laughs> than he'll be. Uh, yeah, he's a gamer. Have you guys had those yet? What's that? The two-dayer? Two-day hangover? Uh, not at this age, no. Especially not with Gentle Ben. Gentle Ben doesn't... Uh, you don't get hangovers yeah. with Gentle Ben. Because the secret ingredient's what's not in it. Yeah. It, like, legitimately, I don't oh. put that in the rids. Uh, in the rids? In the reeds. But um, you don't get hungover on Gentle Ben. I don't. You really... It's weird. I drank uh, a good amount of Gentle Ben. This weekend, actually, you you don't. It's I, was going, I, I don't know the science behind it. I was going vodka soda all weekend, pretty much. Sounds good. It was very good. I gifted some gentle Ben. So did I. <laughs> there you go. So I. I owe you some gentle Ben. <laughs> that you do. You do. You lose I, a lot of bets with me. Yeah, you owe me a lot of things, actually. I owe. You, I do. I owe you a lot. Yeah. C.J. Stroud made his return yesterday after these concussions, which were awful. Awful to have those concussions, but good that he's back. C.J. Stroud in this game yesterday, twenty-four for thirty-two, which he threw it a lot, but a bunch of short stuff. Two hundred and thirteen yards, a touchdown, no interceptions, sacked once. QBR, if you're into that sort of that sort of thing, fifty point two. QB rating, if you're into that sort of thing, a one hundred two. Seven. Before you grade C.J. Stroud, here's how D'Amico Ryans graded C.J. Stroud yesterday. Yeah, he was efficient all day. That's one thing I would say. He was efficient, went to the right spot with the football. I mean, he made great decisions all day, and that's what I would say about C.J. He was calm. He was confident in the moment, and just the confidence factor of what he does to our entire team, he raises everyone's level of confidence because everyone knows the type of player that he is, right? He's a big-time playmaker, and he continues to show it week after week. So, man, we're all excited to have C.J. back because you know he is a really great player, and we're happy to have him. There you go. So there was uh, D'Amico's um, assessment of C.J. Stroud's performance yesterday. Joe, what is your assessment of C.J. Stroud's performance yesterday? I also thought he was pretty good. It was not; it wasn't flashy. They had to do any of the big time stuff, but they just they dominated. So they didn't ask him to do a lot um, because the numbers weren't super flashy. I'm not going to give him an eagle. I'm just going to go a nice little birdie today. Yeah, see, I think he was. Uh, I think he was good. I think he was super solid. Uh, I like the scheme from Slowick. Some people are disagreeing with me. Well, they got to score more in the red zone. Yeah, you got to score more in the red zone. But you also won by twenty three points. Like, at what cost are you trying to be so aggressive offensively in the red zone? Uh, eat the time of possession. Take care of the ball. Mm-hmm. Make sure you get points. You win by twenty three points. You keep C.J. Stroud upright. He gets sacked once. Uh, I, I liked the game plan from Bobby Slowick, D'Amico Ryans. I think it was a good one. I'm giving Stroud a, a birdie. I think it was a really nice first game back for C.J. Stroud. Uh, I think it was a good way to kind of ease him back into the flow of the NFL, which is hard to do. Like, mm-hmm. you haven't played in three weeks, basically. Uh, you kind of have the uncertainty of what you're going to be like coming off of a concussion. Like, all of those things considered, I was really pleased with the performance of C.J. Stroud, really pleased with the performance of this offense. You, you look, I think it was they scored five of the seven drives that C.J. Stroud was in the game because, remember, they benched him. They didn't bench him. They pulled him because they had the lead and went with Davis Mills. I think it was three of four 
scoring drives in the first half. They were incredibly efficient yesterday. Would you like them to see closeout touchdowns in the red zone? Yes, absolutely. But the efficiency was incredibly high. Give them a birdie. I thought the Texans offense was overall good. Sean, you want a great C.J. Stroud? Yes, I would. And I think if he wasn't coming back from the concussion, like if this was just a regular C.J. Stroud game not coming off a concussion, I think it would be a par. But when you add in the fact that he had to kind of, like you mentioned, get back in the rhythm of NFL football, get his sea legs under him, I, I feel good giving him a birdie for basically all the all the reasons you said. It was nothing that knocked your socks off except for how he bounced back uh, from the injury. Yeah, I think it was an overall solid performance for uh, for C.J. Stroud. We're all giving him a birdie. How would you grade C.J. Stroud? 713-780-ESPN. 6318 says, uh, I would have liked to see the run game more in the red zone. Um, I'd have to go I'd have to go look at the ratio of the red zone. I, I don't really remember what the ratio looked like of run pass in the red zone. I feel like it was pretty balanced, though. Yeah, I thought it was, too. And one thing I really like about how the offense has changed and I feel like you've seen a. It's really we've seen the uptick in in rushing yards and just overall production from the team. I like this quick toss thing they do, instead of the handoff to Singletary and Pierce when they give them the ball. Like I, it feels like they're getting much more momentum running downhill, and it's been more effective for the offense. Yeah, I, I, feel I like think a lot of teams don't do that. Eh, do more teams do it than I realize? I think you see it a lot with like a Shanahan tree. Like a bunch of like, like oh, quick like toss to McCaffrey stuff. and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have like the receivers kind of crack block, which yeah. is supposed to be illegal, but you can kind of do it if you just get in their way. Yeah. Uh, you see it quite a bit with them. I, to me, it's whenever you have speed and if you can, if you think you can block the edge too, which to me is game plan specific. Like it, certain defenses, I don't think you can do it. Mm-hmm. I don't think the Texans have been very good running the ball outside this year. Yesterday, the exception. Cause I, I do think it was good yesterday. No, most of Singletary's success, it feels like, has been between the tackles. Sure. And he's found a hole and, and made it work in the system, which is a lot of times what you see in the Shanahan style offense. Yeah. The thing with the red zone stuff and, and to where I I agree with the point that people are frustrated with it is that it is a long-term trend with this team. Like yep. it, it is not something that has just become a problem in this one game throughout the entire season. We've talked about it so much when we you know, on our shows about you know, third and one, fourth and one, what they've done in the red zone. They just haven't executed great in those moments. But that's where I feel like you're still seeing CJ's a rookie. The talent on offense isn't superior. And Bobby Slowick's a rookie play caller. Like, we, we they, the Texans' offense has gone so far past all of our expectations that we're almost giving them an unfair grade, I think, in some areas of the field, specifically in the red zone. Yeah, I mean, I, you're probably right. That's probably what led to the frustration yesterday in the red zone is that it's become kind of a, a holistic theme like it won't of the work. 2023 Texans. They won't win next week if they do that. No, I agree with that part. Like, I, I do agree with the we need to score touchdowns. We can't settle for field goals uh, against Indy like you did against Tennessee. I do agree with that part. But for one specific, and I do agree with your your point too. Like it is, it seems like a 2023 Houston Texans offense like general theme is mm-hmm. that they struggle a bit in the red zone. They move it well, but they don't finish drives. You can look at the the Houston Texans. I didn't look at it this morning, but um, they've been they've been better at total offense, which is just to, you know yards versus what their scoring offense has been, which means the drives are stalling out and you're settling for three and you're not finishing them. Mm-hmm. So for an overall theme, I agree. In this specific game, 
Like, I'm not going to get aggressive in the red zone when I'm up three possessions and C.J. Stroud's playing for the first time since missing two games at a, you know from a concussion. 100%. And I'll agree that next week you need to be more aggressive and you have to be willing to take some chances to try to score touchdowns as opposed to settling for field goals. But in that one specific game yesterday, I don't care. You're up three possessions. You're keeping C.J. Stroud safe. You probably don't want to put a whole lot on film, quite honestly, because this game's in the bag yesterday against Tennessee. Next week is your do-or-die game, so it's like, do you want to put your best offensive stuff on film for Indy? No, you don't. That's you're up by like. 17 points, and you want to show your best red zone offense stuff against a team that you're going to blow out yesterday, and you are blowing out whenever you have a do-or-die game next week? No, of course not. Is it weird that that was my first thought when they ran the double reverse? I was like, why aren't they saving this for next week? See, now I'm going to contradict myself here a little bit because I think a lot of like trick plays to me aren't what you're doing trick plays to me are more the, based on what the defense does that they're like, over you're over committing like yeah. why are you why why did the texans use the reverse yesterday well they realize that tennessee swarms to the ball on the back ends open whenever there is a possibility of a reverse whereas indy maybe doesn't have that so it's not like you're you're like you're not blowing that trick play specifically because mm. it's really for tennessee and then you should have other stuff for the colts and stuff that you notice like I, that to me is one of the uh like Football sayings that I can't stand. Well, they should have. They should have saved this. You know that trick play specific to your opponent, but red zone offense is different. Like that's your base stuff. That's what you're going to run. That's what you go. That's like your A B C plays versus you know trick plays are different to me where it's game plan specific. So but, I know I contradicted myself a little. A little. I don't think I did much. But actually. one thing with the red zone offense that we haven't touched on yet, and, and I know typically Tuesdays when we do the you know the don't ignore victory what you wouldn't defeat. Yep. But how did you feel about the run play with Hutchinson in the red zone? Uh, I didn't mind it. Really? No, I didn't mind it. Because that seemed to, like, I, I would say, trigger Texans Twitter. See? That seemed to upset people. They were already they up like quite that. a bit there, weren't they? I know. Like, yeah. that, like once once the Texans went up 17 nothing yesterday, I, I didn't care what Sloak did the rest of the game. As long as they were scoring points, I don't care if they were field goals as much, as long as they were eating up time, as long as they were mistake-free, they were, and as long as they were keeping C.J. Stroud healthy. Like, once, they, once they're up 17 nothing, I liked that Bobby Slowick went conservative. And the other thing about that play that I, I like is when we when, when the Texans drafted Tank Dell, one of our discussions was would Bobby Slowick use him in any capacity like how the 49ers would use Debo? Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like no, we don't no one really wants that. And we saw very minor moments of it. Like no offense to Hutchinson, but like he can be your Debo at least in the run game. Yeah. Like you could do some creative fun stuff with him. He's got some wheels. So like, I'm fine with him being in those situations. I don't mind so tank I, as much in like the run stuff. Yeah, as long I mean I don't like not block get five times. I don't want him blocking in the yeah. box. I don't mind if if Tank gets two or three carries on jet sweeps. Yeah, I don't, I don't mind that. I don't mind that at all. Hutchinson, like I I feel like you shouldn't be comparing Hutchinson to Debo. No, I, I just meant like a, in like speed, aggressive reach. No, no, like in like using him in some of the same stuff. Even though it might not work as well, I think that's going to be a slow staple. Is you're you're using your receivers in some you know handoffs, whether it's yeah. jet sweeps, whether it's a reverse, whether it's a little like there was the I think the one at Hutchinson's actually like a little shovel pass, mm-hmm. like it was kind of a passing play. All right, let's do the uh, the boxing grade of the quarterbacks head to head yesterday. First time we've seen this matchup of rookies head to head. C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, how we how we who won this boxing match? Well, there was a the knockout. Two quarterbacks. So ten yeah. eight. I, I think CJ Stroud wins by KO. And that play was It was a weird play. Like I first at first I thought that it was uh like head and I was like, well, that didn't look that serious. No. It didn't look that bad. He hurt his ankle, is that what they said? They, he's 
I forget which which one it was that uh, which Texan it was stepped on his foot. That's right. I think it was the foot that had the high ankle sprain. But he stepped on his foot, so it like trapped his foot and pinned it down as he fell backwards. So there's probably some like it's probably it's probably another ankle sprain to the top of the foot. Yeah. Hopefully there's no broken bone but or anything like that. Is like, then they carted him off, but then I saw people in Maybe the stadium. Maybe broken. But then, no people in the stadium. He didn't make it to the tunnel. Oh, really? He got off the cart and walked back. So I bet you they're going to get an x-ray. Yeah. I bet you they're getting an x-ray. We should have known, because you can tell a broken bone, because yeah. they had the x-ray machines there like within that. that so that it's probably was probably not a, a broken bone. I mean, that was a very, very rookie play. Just totally yeah. unaware that that player, that Hughes was coming in easy. Like a Bab- Yeah, just... No awareness. I uh, I posted that on Twitter. I was like, lack of feel, lack of awareness here for Levis. And I had some Levis truthers like, oh, this is normal for a quarterback to you know be you know locked I, into I a agree. receiver. But it came from his front side. Like you got to have a little bit of feel there. Yeah, I mean, I, I I agree with a rookie quarterback. That play is not totally insane, but it was still a very bad play in that moment. Yeah, it was. And he's, still, he's a rookie. He's mistake prone. He was like that in college. I still like him a lot. He's got skill. He like he is. I don't know what his peak is. Honest, like what he can actually be, um, but I I like him. the the things The things that worry about uh, I worry about it for him as a player because he does have incredible skill. Like that's one thing that I I noticed watching him in college. He's an he's a really good athlete for the position. He's got one of the biggest arms in the league. The questions that you that he has to get better, like the areas he has to get better. Like reading defenses are a bit of an issue. He's very mistake prone, and I'm I'm very anti turnover, so he's got to clean that up. I also think he's in a terrible, terrible situation. Like Tim Kelly's his offensive coordinator in this very awful mm-hmm. offense. Like I, you know, I would like for, if if I'm looking at it from a Levis point of view, I wish I was in a much better offense. Like Levis in a Steichen offense would be really. You know, interesting. I don't think that Levis would really succeed in a Slowick offense ever having, you know, the full season and the body of work to, to kind of diagnose it because Slowick likes accuracy. He likes precision. He likes everything on time. And those are things that Levis is not good at. Uh, 713-780-3776. Let's go out to the HRMP listener line. Philip, you're in the hive of the bees. What's up, Philip? Hey, yeah, Jeremy. How y'all doing? Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Philip. I'm just calling the. Uh, I, I live up here in Pennsylvania, and I, I'm a Texan fan because I'm from Houston. But, um, like, I, I saw this crazy stat that said that the the Texans the last two games stopping Derrick Henry is like he's only got like thirty some yards rushing or something like that. And I just wanted to ask you, and then it also said like the six previous games he's got over a thousand yards rushing against the Texans. Mm-hmm. Now, I just want to ask you, is that the D'Amico Ryan's effect on the defense, or is that Derrick Henry declining as a running back? Appreciate and it. And I'm going to leave it at that. Appreciate Thank it, Phil. I, I think it's more the D'Amico effect. Like, Henry's going to have – I mean, Henry's 29. He's going to be 30 in the next couple of days. But he's also a 1,000-yard rusher this year. He has 11 touchdowns this year. Like, Derrick Henry isn't the Derrick Henry that was an all-pro of the past, but Derrick Henry's still very, very good. He's still very, very efficient. He's had multiple 100-yard games this year. Uh, he's given up he's, – he's ran for 51 yards against the Texans in two games, 42 or yesterday. To me, it's the D'Amico effect. To me, it's D'Amico Ryan's commitment to – Stopping the run. D'Amico Ryans believes in stopping the run. Uh, I mean, what's really impressive to me 
is that they've been doing this the last few weeks in both games against Derrick Henry and Tennessee with the with the nickel formation, like a nickel package on the field. Desmond yeah. King's been playing a majority of the snaps. They've been out of their base defense of four three for nickel. They're playing four down linemen. They're playing two linebackers. Now Desmond King's kind of cheating over from a nickel to be a linebacker, but he's still a nickel. Look at his size. I can't believe they cut him. Yeah, to me, I can't either. It's weird. He's so good. He's so much better than Tavier Thomas. Um, it's D'Amico. D'Amico's really good at scheming up the ability to stop teams running the football. It's totally D'Amico for me. All right, I'm going to we'll look at some breaking news here for you, okay? Because okay. I see you asking a question on the Twitch, Jeremy. Twitch.tv slash ESPN 97.5. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, UFL, the new spring league, was announced yesterday by The Rock. Yeah. The gamblers are no more. Right. The Houston Roughnecks are officially living. But cool. Wade Phillips is not going to be the head coach. Oh, that breaks my heart. Uh, Curtis Johnson, who was the gamblers head coach, oh. is. And it gets worse. Wade Phillips is so beloved by... The Rock, that Wade Phillips is going to be the head coach of the Brahmas. Which, which city is that in? I don't know. Uh, okay, at least he's in the San league. Antonio. San, San Antonio. Oh, he's going to San oh. Antonio. I, I hate that I know. The, 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 the he's in. He's a Brahma. Names. That's almost Branham. He's a Brahma. Okay, as long as Wade Phillips is still in the league, I'm, I'm glad involved. that Wade Phillips is still the head coach. I, I know people on his staff. Um, I hate that he's not in Houston, though. That stinks. I do, what a mis- too. What a mistake. Uh, 713-780-ESPN. Let's hand out some NFL game balls when we return. Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. ESPN 97.5. You've chosen wisely. I have chosen to test this station's destructive power on your home planet of Alderaan. You're live in the hive with the Killer Bees, Joel Blank and Jeremy Brenham on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Joe George in for uh, Blankers today. Happy New Year to all of you. Hope you're keeping up with your resolutions for noon on New Year's Day. Uh, let's hand out some game balls for those that deserve them around the NFL this past week. You want to do the honor here, Joe George? Yeah, I'd like to first give a game ball to a, a special person. I don't know your name. I don't even know how old you are. It's going to be tough to give out the game ball. But I'm going to give a game ball to the fan that got a drink thrown in his face <laughs> by the Panthers owner. Because whatever you said was working. What yeah. a weird moment that was. Yeah, the more it comes out on Dave Tepper, the harder he is to like, huh? Yeah, I can't imagine. An, I was like, did he really just throw a drink at him? And then I love the Ari guy, Ari Maranov or whatever yeah. his name is. He's like, he spilled his drink, is what he said. He spilled his drink? <laughs> he spilled his yeah, drink. His That's one drink, way to put some it. Some of his drink got onto a fan. <laughs> Factually Who's to correct. say how it, how it happened? I mean, he, sp- he did spill it. He, he did. He physically did. spilled it himself. Now, now you're talking but you're talking like you're the defense attorney for uh, <laughs> Dave Tepper. But I, yeah. feel like, I feel like more NFL owners have done this and that you we just so? don't know about. It. Do, you, do you, I think that Jerry Jones is throwing a drink in somebody? Free cell yeah, phone? I not do. a fan like that. Ah. I bet you Jerry Jones at like some party got talked to by a way no, he doesn't like. No, no. He probably threw a drink. I, I, I'm I think sure you're Davis, right. Mark Davis has done it. I'm sure that, I mean, Robert Kraft does all sorts yeah, of things. Yeah, I'm sure Kyle McNair sure has done it. sauce at someone. Hannah McNair is like going around <laughs> talking trash about sweeping the Titans to producers at the highway to hell. Like, God, they yeah. love Figgy. I feel, yes, I feel like other owners in the NFL have done this. The problem is that Dave Tepper got caught on film. But from the box into the stands, nah, that's I feel a little like different. Like, that pu- is the. That's, that, now, that's an element of stupidity because it's like, yeah, you're going to have cameras on you, man. Like, you probably should not be doing this. and You, probably, you should never do it. Yeah. But you also shouldn't do it or you're going to get caught on camera. Okay, but- my first real game ball, Kyler Murray. Uh, okay. Uh, 
232 yards, three touchdowns. Obviously a very bad pick six at the early in the game. But coming back, leading that team to beat the Eagles 35-31, if there was any question, I think, about what the Cardinals should do mm-hmm. with their draft pick, I think he's clearly answered it. And even though they only have four wins, I, I'm impressed by Kyler Murray and Jonathan Gannon and what they've done this year. They've played solid football for not having a lot of talent on their roster. I wonder how many of those four wins have come with Kyler Murray, too, because he hasn't. he's three and four. Yeah. So Kyler Murray in his seven games is three and four. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. I, I tend to agree. I'd rather have Kyler than Caleb Williams or Drake May. I thought Jonathan Gannon was, uh, I mean, Jonathan Gannon got the ultimate revenge game. Pew, 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 pew. That was cool pew, to pew, see. Pew. Uh, James yes. Conner, by the way, 130 yards, pair of touchdowns. Man, he Honorable just, mention. I, I appreciate that in the fantasy playoff. Yeah. He just keeps going. Same. That one-handed catch he had in the end zone was unbelievable. Oh, so Great good. catch. I'm surprised you went with Kyler Murray as your first game ball and not the MVP, Lamar Jackson, who torched. Torched the Miami Dolphins. 321 yards. Five touchdowns for Lamar Jackson, who was on a different planet yesterday. I think I think he cemented the MVP uh with that game against oh, Miami yesterday. Without a doubt. I and la- No, I don't think anything could change it. Even I don't though, think so. Looking I, at the odds, I think Josh Allen's run was too late. Like if Josh Allen he was won poor the division yesterday. Next, yeah, he was he like was bad. And the Ravens locked up the one seed, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it. it's Lamar. I don't think they'll sit him next week because you don't want to sit him for two weeks, right? But um, yeah, he's uh, he's he locked up the MVP yesterday. He was on yeah. five touchdown performance when you're the odds-on favorite to win the MVP in Week 17. It's clinched. I, I just meant as like as far as his MVP hope. I mean, this is how stupid the MVP is that yeah. him being the one seed helps his uh, MVP status. And so if they can't drop out of the one spot, it'd be hard not to give it to him. Unless he absolutely stinks. But even then, it doesn't matter. I mean, the last two weeks, he's dominated the 49ers. He's dominated the Miami Dolphins, two of the best teams in the NFL. Yeah. Like, like, what else can you say? Like, the Ravens are having an incredible season. Still think he has to do it in the playoffs, though. He's, yeah, he's one and three. He he's got to do it in the playoffs. It. Like, he needs to prove it in the playoffs. Especially Josh now. Allen needs to prove it in the playoffs. As a one seed with a yep. bye. Yeah. Playing at a high level. Well, Playing at a high level. Do, so, do it in the playoffs for Lamar Jackson. What What is the, like, bare minimum that he has to do in the playoffs to do it in the playoffs. Um, if that makes sense. Well, he's got a buy, so I think he has to get to the Super Bowl. Because I, I was, my answer is two wins. He could, I think, year. I think he could lose in a, like a shootout, though. Like yeah, kind of like how say, Josh Allen lost say, in a lose, shootout. That's lose the that's AFC fair. title in a way that's not your fault. Yeah, yeah. In a like way play super fault. well. Like you lose like in a 38-35, Lamar throws four touchdowns, zero picks, and it's yeah. like just to, totally on the defense. But I think then, that's fine. But even then, like when the season starts next year and people are having these conversations. People say, well, he's one and four. Yeah. Or, or you know, two and four in the playoffs. But I'll say, but he was really good in his last playoff <laughs> game. And it wasn't his fault that he lost. Fair. Which, uh, you, the that's... haters would have plenty of ammunition. Oh, for sure. But he's playing at an extremely high level. He'd, I, be, he'd be my MVP. Joe uh, has taken taken both of mine. Uh, with, <laughs> oh, with, oh, the fan? <laughs> with, with the, t- oh, I was actually just going to give it to Tepper. But, uh, <laughs> it's a good pass. Uh, better better pass. I mean, his yeah. accuracy is much better than his rookie quarterback. There we go. There. Much better than his rookie quarterback. Um, so I'll, I'll pivot and I'll steal one from Joe and I'll say Justin Fields because Hell he basically yeah. played himself into being de- for sure a starter next year in the NFL and Absolutely. likely the Chicago starter in the NFL. He will be a starting quarterback in the NFL next year without a doubt. Khalil Herbert was really good in that game too. I thought he was out, hurt. He's been really good the last two weeks. Did he, did he return last week? Yeah, last week was. No, he's been back for a couple weeks. Didn't but notice. 
but he's been bad into the last two weeks. Yeah, he was good yesterday. This is where, like, I kind of wonder. You know, their offensive coordinator is has nothing to do with the run game. And their running back coach was the second coach this year. They got fired by HR, uh-huh. not by Matt Eberflus. So, like, that's why, like, their run game kind of fell off. Huh. Got another one, Joe? Uh, Yeah, Kyron Williams. Yeah, he was good. <laughs> he's so good. I loved him so much at Notre Dame. He was never this guy. Like, I, I don't, like, what he's doing for the Rams, it was unbelievable. Yeah, probably the best fantasy football draft pick that exists. Uh, maybe didn't get drafted in most leagues. Well, yeah, I would probably say. Probably a waiver pickup. But waiver pickup, depending on where you're drafted. Best better? ball was, he was drafted, like, in 18th round okay. in some best balls. If it's a full point PPR, mm-hmm. is it Kyron or is it his teammate? Puka. Uh, Puka went undrafted in a lot of best balls. So I feel like it would be if it's it's. If it I was would a probably PPR lean, league, it's probably the best pickup was Puka. I don't know. I'd probably lean Kyron. <sighs> yeah, I'd I mean, probably running, lean Kyron because a lot of times you're drafting receivers. Deep. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Like the position is probably why I lean Kyron over Puka. But both, I mean, he both did miss really some time schools. though, right? Stroud was a steal too. Puka or Kyron? Uh, Kyron Williams. Yeah, Kyron did. Yeah, yeah, Kyron. And, that's and, a good point. And he wasn't the starter right away. No, it took a little while. Because they still were trying to roll out Cam Akers. Yeah, yeah maybe he got a point. Puka's more consistent. Kyron Williams was more come on late, and then he had the injuries. Uh, CeeDee Lamb, 13-227, touchdown. So good. Probably should have had a second touchdown, but he fumbled through the end zone. Um, he broke the record for receptions and receiving yards in Cowboys history, which is pretty impressive. Yeah. I'm also going to hand out an honorary game ball, though, to the White Hat in that game <sighs> for screwing up the two-point conversion. I, I was, I was going to – because no one really – We've given a lot of game balls mm-hmm. so far, but no one actually affected winning and losing as much as referee Brad Allen did. That Brad guy Allen. sucks. He He's the worst referee in the NFL. I, Sorry to bring him up again. Doesn't but help his case. A couple weeks ago, there was a Bears game. They threw a Hail Mary. Like five seconds after the throw, Justin Fields got crushed. He was the referee in that game. He was also the referee when C.J. Stroud got concussed and yep. didn't call a penalty. Mm-hmm. And then he did this stuff. This guy sucks. He should be fired. He's not uh, good. No, nah, game ball. Game ball this game, week. He's he a, a game ball this week. You get a game ball on the important cowboy. <laughs> most important cowboy uh, this was. week. Single-handedly won the game for Dallas. He's better than C.D. Lamb. He got 13 catches, 227 yards, and a touchdown. He's better than Dak Prescott. Uh, got a key stop. In, uh, what's his name? Brad Allen? Brad Allen. Brad Allen. White hat in that game. The most valuable player, game ball recipient. All right, that's it for game balls. When we come back, I, I love a good New Year uh, countdown. Love a good New Year countdown. So when we come back, our top Houston sports moments of 2023. Our top 10. What belongs on the list? 713-780-3776. Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. I'm an idea man, Chuck. This is Bill. Idea to eliminate garbage. Edible paper. All teams covered. No stalking points necessary. You're back with the Killer Bees on 97.5 and 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios. All right. It is a, it's New Year's Day. I don't know if you noticed that, but today is the first day of the new year. I like a good New Year countdown. Top 40 songs, Mm. best TV shows of 2023, best moments of 2023. We're in Houston, right? So we have our top Houston sports moments of 2023. Let us know where we go wrong. 713-780-3776. We'll go 10 to 1 on this list. 
the first one, number 10, in our top Houston sports moments of 2023, our very own Houston Dynamo. We are the home of the Houston Dynamo, play-by-play guy Glenn Davis. The Houston Dynamo winning the U.S. Open Cup. Herrera's going to hold on to it. That's it. The Houston Dynamo have done it. The Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup will come to the Houston Dynamo. What a moment it is here for Ben Olsen and his team in year one. What a moment. What a moment. They beat the, what is Miami called? They beat Miami. Inter. Sock, inter they beat Inter-Miami yeah. led by Lionel Messi. Now, he didn't play in that game. <laughs> he didn't play But he game. didn't play in the U.S. Open Cup. But he's still on the squad. He's still on the payroll. Houston Dynamo winning the U.S. Open Cup number 10. Is that equivalent to the NIT in the NBA? Yes. yes. Yeah. Because someone got, uh, I saw three. someone yeah. got triggered NIT. by your tweet. In season's one word. You can't use one word to be the acronym for two different letters. Just <laughs> The NBA disagrees. NBA is wrong because they realize it's the NIT <laughs> after the fact. Number nine in our top 10 Houston sports moments of 2023. Houston Rockets hiring a new coach. You know, very excited to get started. A lot of what Tillman alluded to was obviously the young talent that we have on this roster, but a lot of things were very attractive about this job. And, um, you know, cap space is a big thing. A chance to grow with these young players, and I'm excited to get out, get to meet them, spend some time with them, and start building those relationships. So I want to say thank you to everybody and appreciate you guys for having me. It's kind of funny that he's so high on this list, being number nine on our top ten sports moments. He's 15 and 15 as a head coach. Now, we think that he's doing great. He's doing great. He's developing this team. He's, you can tell he's a real head coach. I think him being high on this list, though, is more of a testament to Steven Silas than it is he made Hadoka. I was, uh, I was telling Joe before before the show, I kind of want to put the Steven Silas rant, uh, that weird, like, <laughs> the fake they're, one? Just, they're just not listening. Not doing what they're supposed to do. <laughs> I just wanted to play it. Mostly, I just wanted to play it. I just wanted to hear it again. But I, I do think that's... I mean, Ime Udoka will get to another coach who basically revived a professional sports team yeah. uh, in the city, but that's what Ime did. Yeah, sure. he's. Uh, yeah, I think he, I think it's deserving, but it shows you the sad state of where the Rockets were. Number eight on our top ten Houston sports moments of 2023, U of H basketball reaching number one in the national polls. One second to go for the win! He got it! The Cougars win it! Number one remains! Is that the wrong year? Joe doesn't even play my highlight. It's another radio station. You, you know the voice of the Houston Cougars, and you played that? I Where heard that. Oh, well, to be fair, it is another voice of the Houston you, But it's me? <laughs> I, I have proprietary this, whatever over I was doing this at 1 a.m. You were asleep at 11. Unreal. Unreal. I, I, I think we play. I know Paul and I played. Uh, we played. We played me. Yeah, I know we do. Oh, okay. I, just, I was just we making played an me. excuse. Just, Unbelievable. Just 2023. I didn't know how to find it. I can't believe y'all voted for this one to be so low. It was my number two. I don't know how it got to number eight. We took the, by the way, we took the <laughs> votes of Joe, Sean, and myself, calculated it, and played the average. I voted it as number two. I don't know how it landed all the way at eight. You disrespectful jerks. If I, I think one of you, 11, I, I think one of you left it off completely. <laughs> I might have. I think one of you left it off completely. Unbelievable. You left it off. Number one in the country, folks, and one of you left it off completely. Because, Was it you, Sean? Uh, As he me, wears burnt orange. To me, it's not like, and a lot of my list was like this. It's not like a moment if it's the AP poll comes out and we see on our phones that they're. Number one in the country. As opposed to like a big shot. As opposed to like an actual thing that happened. Okay. All right. Number seven on our top 10 Houston sports moments of 2023. Fromber Valdez's no hitter. Looper. Pena. No hitter for Fromber Valdez. 
the first lefty in franchise history to throw a no-hitter. That courtesy of the shin. It really wasn't the shin yet, but I like calling it that. Uh, the Fromber, like this is, should be high on the list. One thing that I think kind of uh, dilutes it a little is that he was so bad in the second half of the season. 100%. It's like his only good start. Well, it wasn't his only good start. But it was one of very few good starts in the second half of the well, season last well, year. Well, we had a list of 11 things. We had we 11 things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I did not vote for the 11th thing because, well, Coog's football didn't even make a bowl game. So, to me, yeah. it was like... It was a great moment. The Hail Mary was great, great but it's moment. like the season wasn't good enough I think for that's it to fair. be that matter. No, that, I think it's fair. That that's uh yeah. That that's completely yeah, fine. That fair. that's why I I think I had a did I have a lower than seven? I, I think I I think seven. I had a bias tenth for it. I had a yeah. bias tenth for it. I think I actually left the no hitter off. Really? Yeah, because he because like I said, he diluted it by having a poor second half. Fair. You know. But you can make the case for the Hail Mary with that too, you know? Poor season. Kind of dilutes that great moment. Ah, uh, but first Big Twelve win. Yeah, I, I I also thought about just like being like the Cougs being in the Big Twelve, mm. and so but I kind of folded it into the internally. I folded it into the win yeah. itself because being in the Big Twelve is like a big thing. Yeah, that one was the one that got left out. A uh, number six, Kaimi Fairbairn with the winner against the Tennessee Oilers. John Weeks, the snapper. Cam Johnston, the holder. Fairbairn's kick. And the Texans win it here in Nashville. That was his first game back, too, by the way. If the Texans would have had Kaimi Fairbairn the whole season, they would have already clinched the playoffs. Hot take. Maybe Um, even the division. Maybe even, yeah, they would. They'd have one more game. I don't think it was a hot take. They beat Jacksonville in overtime that week. I think so. I mean, they would have tied it. Do they win an OT? That's debatable. I think so. I think turnover Trevor Lawrence would have given you the ball. It's really nice to have a kicker that can make field goals greater than 40 yards. It's... What a luxury. They were questioning him yesterday on the TV broadcast. Really? Larry Blankers questions him every day. Yeah, which makes no sense. He's he hates Fairbairn. He's one of the best kickers in the NFL. Yeah, he's still caught up in that take from four years he, ago. He should have paid. He, he should. It's a mistake that he doesn't have a contract extension right now. Eh, I don't know if it's a mistake. I mean, the Bears just did it. Why not give him I mean, You kind of wait and see. I think they're going to tag him. I think they're going to tag Kaimi Fairbairn. Bernard? Oh. It's going to be one of those two guys. Like, they will use their franchise tag this offseason on one of those two guys. When's the last time they used it? Clowny? Oh, maybe Clowny, but then they traded him. <laughs> I don't even know who they would have used it since. I think it was. I think they did put the tag on Clowney and then traded him right before the year. Yeah. 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 They did. They traded him to Seattle. And he was supposed to be part of the Laramie trade, but like screwed up. Uh, number five, Justin Verlander being traded to the Astros again. Houston was... Um, you know, the number one choice for me, the you know, just knowing these guys so well and, um, you know, having a chance to win, um, you know, the familiarity and, um, you know, had such a great time here. So, yeah, um, you know, that was, uh, yeah, number one choice. Justin Verlander being traded again. Now, some people don't love what they gave, Drew Gilbert, Ryan Clifford, but it was cool to have Verlander back. And it dominated the headlines for a few days because, like, oh, he's Not supposed real. to be traded, supposed to be an Astro, blah, oh, blah, yeah. blah. But once he was here, it lasted, what, six hours? What do you mean? Because Fromber threw the no-hitter that night? Was it that night? Yeah. That's but I, th- I think we still... I, I, I it was still a big deal. I can only speak for I think we still... I think... No, we led with Fromber. Yeah. And I think the rest of the show was about Justin Verlander. Yeah, I think Verlander got traded on our show. Yeah, it would have been during our show. It happened during yeah, our we, show. Yeah, we were reacting to both of them. Yeah. yeah. So we... Yeah. But, like, 
I can't believe that those things happen on the same day. That's cool. I forgot that. We almost could. Like, if you combine them, how much higher are they on this list? I don't think you can combine them. They're two separate entities. But it's one day. No, but they're two different moments. They're two different moments. So is our next one. What do you mean? Technically. No, our next one. You're wrong. Our next one's number four, hiring D'Amico Ryans. The next one after that. (laughs) I can't wait to get to work to get to coaching. I love this. We want to bring a winning all right, a winning team. That's what we want to bring to Houston. We want to bring you guys a team that you're going to be proud of as fans, right? We want to fill up NRG Stadium, and we want you guys to make this truly a home field advantage for us again, right? All the excitement that we have right now, I'm excited, I'm fired up, and our fans, we want to continue that excitement and supporting the team that we have here. I'll run through a wall for that guy. Uh, D'Amico Ryan's being hired by the Texans. Remember Aaron Wilson reported that he was not interested in the job. <laughs> want to point that out still still hasn't uh worked on part of that get developing a home field advantage uh, well, for the texans uh, i mean they what what they went six looked, and three right it looked pretty well, i i just mean that. like actually the fans actually being there and excited for the texans yeah they we're, we're betting about what houston sports is a it's a slow moving ship okay it takes okay. a while for everybody to completely they, buy in they had some big you know they had some big fan bases that come came to uh you have to be yeah it's gotta be playoff games you gotta be dominating for a while you gotta be the number one team in the nation you You gotta be during rush hour you can't be doing right yeah you gotta it's it's houston sports sometimes are slow moving ships when it comes to having the complete buy-in i'll just say still work to do for d'amico in 2020 i'll I'll counterpoint that six and three at home in 2023 uh number three which probably a bigger reason for the success of the texans the draft night of the first round With the second pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, the Houston Texans select C.J. Stroud. With the third pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, the Houston Texans select Will Anderson Jr. (laughs) That was surreal on draft night, and it still feels surreal now. Like, how many times you draft the franchise quarterback at two, and you don't know that he's going to be the franchise quarterback when you draft him, but you hope he's going to be. So you draft the what you hope is going to be the franchise quarterback at two, and then you trade up to go Will Anderson. Like it felt surreal that night, and it still feels surreal that the Texans were the team that made this bold move that most NFL teams never make. It, it was incredible. Like we were at Valencia's, obviously for the draft show, and the reaction in the moment was unbelievable. Because <laughs> it it's was. like it's it was like crazy. you crazy. Because like the first thing you have is the pick has been traded, and everyone's like, okay, like what's happening. And then all of a sudden, like, Schefter and them, like, it's the Texans. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what is happening right now? So weird. It's unbelievable. It, it, was a, it, was a really, it was a really cool moment, even if you that, didn't love the trade. A Still day a cool that will moment. live in infamy. <laughs> for, for the teams around the NFL, <laughs> yes. Sean Maves. I didn't say who was going to live in infamy for. It's true. I think I did, actually. Right when I, uh, you threw to it, I was like, I wish I would have grabbed yeah, the sound clip of Jeremy. Infamy for the it's other in 31 teams in, in the NFL. Moving my, on to number two. It's in Joe Jor- it just won the Bad Take Boulevard bracket. Yeah. So. I don't have yeah. to look hard. In protest, to be fair, but it, it won the bracket. There's definitely an asterisk. Uh, number two, top Houston sports moments of 2023. Couple of rookies connecting on a game-winning score. Trout to the end zone. Touchdown! Tank Dell! C.J. Stroud leads a magical drive. 
you mean Tank Dell needs that magical drive. I'm not sure who I love more. Actually, I do. I love Tank Dell more than, than CJ Stroud. But I love CJ Stroud and Tank Dell. I love the connection between the two. I find it weird he left like when it was 17 nothing was on IG Live. Yeah, I in did. In his car. Yeah, I did find that <laughs> weird. weird. He was at the uh, the U of H basketball game Saturday. Yeah. And he left early from that one. But that was a blowout. I can understand why he left early. Yeah, yeah I so was, was yesterday. I was a little surprised that he left at halftime. Of the Houston Texans game. There's <laughs> on Instagram what? Live and it's yeah. Garland. I would, if it wasn't Tank Dell and the love that I have for Tank Dell, I'd probably bash him a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that was, a, that was a weird move. Why are we bringing this up now? It's a weird move. We're, we're celebrating him. Joe we're brought celebrating him, up. him Like, I don't, like, I crushed Deshaun Watson for being in the suite the other day and yeah. Joe Burrow's down on the side and Tank Dell's leaving at halftime. If he was, if he played, if... <laughs> If he was a Texas Longhorn, you'd be it would lead, lead story today. Oh, for sure. What is Tank yeah. Dell doing? Yeah, the game knowing, doesn't matter. Knowing Diva. me, it probably would be. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like something I would do. Uh, but it's Tank Dell. Go Cooks. Uh, number one in our top Houston sports moments of 2023. I don't need to set it up. The 01. High fly ball to deep left field. Back to the wall. Yeah, what a moment. That was an awesome moment. Really good moment. You just wish they won one game at home. Just wish you won one game at home. What do you make of that call? He makes the moment. Yeah, it meets the moment, right? That's or that's still a weird thing to say at the moment, but that is like the actual phrase. He makes the moment. I guess he also made the moment. Yeah, I guess he did make the moment. He I, swung the bat. I made think the moment. Yeah. Joe Davis? Dodger Joe Davis? I think he's pretty good. I think he's really good. I think he's really good. Honestly, let, let, and it, let the record show. I will I say he's really this. Good. About two weeks away from being at the station officially for a year, mm-hmm. that is by far my favorite moment of this job. Oh, we, were, at, we were all at East River Nine watching yeah. the game with a bunch of listeners. That was incredible. Yeah, that was uh, that was a lot of fun. That was really cool. Great moment. We might do watch parties for Texans playoff games if they make the playoffs. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, where I don't know yet. But so there's our top ten. Houston sports moments at 23. Winning the U.S. Open Cup for the Dynamo. Hiring Ime Adoka. U of H reaching number one in the national polls. Fromber no-hitter. Fairbairn's winner against the Oilers. Trading for Verlander again. Hiring D'Amico Ryans. Draft night first round. Drafting Stroud at two. Trading up for Anderson at three. Stroud's game winner to Tankdale. Go Cougs. Against Tampa at number two. And at number one, Jose Altuve's game five homer against the Rangers in the ALCS. Where we go wrong? 713-780-ESPN, HRP listener line. Car Wreck of the Day coming up next, presented by CarWreckTexas.com. Killer Beast on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Dude. Have you paid your dues, Jack? Yes, sir. The check is in the mail. This is the Car Wreck of the Day brought to you by CarWreckTexas.com. All right, time for our Car Wreck of the Day presented by CarWreckTexas.com. Joe in for blank. Blank will be back tomorrow. Sean Mapes uh, hanging out with us as well. What are you starting with, Joe? What is uh, your Car Wreck of the Day nominee? Yeah, I'm going to two for... I understand the intent, but I'm going to nominate Dan Campbell hmm. and uh, Brian Dable. I understand why you go for two in those moments, but after 
the botch by the referees, the Lions should have taken the field goal. And then extra point. The extra point. And then the Giants, you know, they get it to 26-25. I, I know you're you're trying you're having a bad season. But Tyrod Taylor's playing good. Just take the extra point. Just tie the game. And like and maybe I don't feel this way if they converted, but both these teams had a chance to push the game into overtime. And they just chose not to do it. Yeah. I don't really care about the Giants. Like they're they're not going anywhere. They don't really have a chance to do much. Um, now, the other side of it, though, with the Lions, I agree with the Dan Campbell thing. I thought they were going to try to like draw them off sides, mm-hmm. and then I don't I can't remember. They had, I think they had a timeout left. I can't remember. Um, and then and then just take the timeout. I was shocked that they actually ran the play. Yeah. Now they got the uh, was it Parsons? They got Parsons. I think it was Parsons. Yeah, they got a penalty to, to get them off. They got them offside, so they got the other play, and I was okay with them going for it after they got the offsides. Mm-hmm. Now it was interesting to me that they actually snapped the ball, the one prior to that. I agree with the Dan Campbell one. Like, who cares what the Giants are doing? They're they're not a playoff team, but the Dan Campbell one, I agree. That was uh, that was interesting. Yeah, you get three. You you missed it twice. Just at some point, just be like, hey, like this is not working. Well, no, you got it the first time, but. But uh, it's true. They Brad Allen it. took it into his own hands. I I I, I kind of I disagree a little bit. Where I think if you go for it the first time, you're just also going. Go- no, no, you're just the second one is the one where you where you kick it. Mm-hmm. The third one, you're back to the first one. And right. so if you yeah. made the decision the first time, you should make it the third time. Right? I agree with that. I agree. The first and third one, I didn't mind at all. Yeah, going for it the second seven one was yard weird. That, that was crazy. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder the math on that. I can't be good. Probably, yeah, I was gonna say probably not great. I feel like any analytics would tell you that's a bad idea because the two yard line, the four yard line. I'm, OT is fifty fifty, and so do you think you have a fifty percent chance of scoring from the in, seven? From the seven. Yeah, I wonder. Not. I wonder how much lower it drops to. Like, I wonder the odds of scoring from the seven. You said from the two is fifty fifty. I wonder. Oh, what that's it like is. generally the math behind going for two. I wonder what it is from the uh, from the seven. Probably lower. I mean, but you're five yards farther back. It's, it's not rocket science. It's good well, but something. I mean, you always hear people too talk about the more room you have, the easier it is to score. Also, a good point. Yeah, but you don't want to go for it from the twenty. Now, what you'd you, rather no, no, go for that. it from the two? But like the two and the five, what's the difference there? Like it probably takes the running play out of the equation. Yeah, like that hurts. I think that's yeah, what drops you can't the you can't run the like little rub play to the slant. Or yeah. to the flat. Because now you're you're looking at a screen OPI. Yeah, you'd have to run it the five yards scrimmage. farther. Yeah, I do wonder the math on that, though. I wonder what the likelihood of scoring from the seven is. If any, if any football analytics statisticians are listening to the show. Now, if you have a 50% chance of scoring from the two every single time, why, why aren't you going for two every single time? You're getting two points 50% of the some, time. Some would say you should. Yeah, because you're I not, think a lot of people would say you should. Because that, what's that's the, the math point rate still high, but it's what, like low 90s, yeah. maybe mid 90s? Yeah, so, mid-90s. like 95% of the time you're getting one point versus 50% of the time you're getting two that's, points. The math would say go for two. That's the that's the reasoning behind when you're down 14 and you score the first touchdown, yeah. you always go for two because that's the only way you can possibly win the game in regulation. Yeah. I kind of do like the new extra point rule being moved back. Should move, move it even farther back. Eh, I don't know if you want to go much further back. I think that Brad Allen's my car wreck of the day nominee. It's fair. Uh, He's very bad at his job. Sean mentioned earlier he single-handedly won that game for the Dallas Cowboys. They went and reported the right guy. He was confused. Now, Detroit kind of deked everybody. And then he screwed up the play. Got the call wrong. Yeah. Won that game for the Cowboys. Also think Mike McDaniel's a car wreck of the day nominee, too. 
for mm. playing Bradley Chubb in a blowout game when they were losing, and then he tears his ACL. Why do NFL coaches play their starters in blowout games? I know you can't bench everybody. Why do NFL head coaches continue to play their stars in blowout games? He was three minutes left, down by thirty. What are you doing? Yeah. Like, you can't Bad pull choice. every starter, but you can pull your best ones. Mm-hmm. D'Amico did it the other day with the left tackle for the Texans when it was 30-6. to six. He didn't get hurt, but it wasn't lost on me. All right, what's winning car of the day? Brad Allen. Alex says you for not using my soundbite. <laughs> it's 2024. Thanks, Alex. I'm going to go Brad Allen. Do you have a... You Agree. Have a, Brad right. Allen. Brad Allen, congratulations. You're our Car Wreck of the Day presented by CarWreckTexas.com. Coming up later on the station, college football semifinals. But up next, it's Connor and Beard on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Dude. Like I told my last wife, I says, honey, I never drive faster than I can see. Besides that, it's all in the reflexes. 